You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. Greetings, Room Block podcast listeners. You know, I feel like I should have a different name for my audience members. My husband suggested that I use the name Blackheads, but I think that's already taken by new kids on the block fans, right? Are there any of those out there still? I was never much of a fan, but anyway, I do appreciate everyone who listens, though. It really means a lot to me. And, you know, something really amazing happened the other day, and I want to just share the story with you all. I had a post shared, one of my episodes shared by somebody on LinkedIn. And she had posted that she was just starting off on a brand new venture, a solo venture. And she had listened to my episode with Judy Holler and Courtney Stanley, which if you've listened, you know that it was a very meaningful episode for me. And as it turns out, it was for her as well and kind of helped her find her way through some imposter syndrome that she was experiencing. And I was just really so pleased to know that something that I helped to put out in the world was impactful for her. So thank you so much for sharing that episode and for for letting me know how it worked for you. I, I really so appreciate that. If the show has impacted you in any way at all, sharing or engaging with my posts or, of course, leaving reviews or subscribing on Apple Podcasts is really the best possible way to show support for The Room Block. And it also helps others find the show as well. So we can continue to strengthen our beloved hospitality and events community. Speaking of communities, there's another community I'm part of now that's different than just hospitality and events, and that would be the podcast community. I've talked about it before. You know, I went to a podcast conference last summer, and there is a vast world of hospitality podcasts out there, many, many that I can highly recommend, and several guests that I've had on the show. I love the hospitality podcast community because it really combines the best of both worlds for me, and I'm a huge fan. That is also how I met my guest today, and that would be Kyle Allison and Greg Fergoso, who are the founders of Hospitality MD. So what is Hospitality MD? It is a company that offers hotel consulting and management services, but Kyle and Greg also create community building content through their podcast as well, which is called Hospitality MD, and also through their various social media channels, you know, with different thought leadership and, and really fun live discussions about um, pertinent topics. 
But Hospitality MD was the first hospitality podcast that I found and that I listened to. And listening to it always brings me right back to my hotel days. Kyle and Greg end up interviewing guests from all walks of hospitality. And it's just so great to listen to people talk about their experiences in a hotel. And it really just, like I said, it brings me right back. I, of course, eventually had to connect with Kyle Allison. And when I did, I was so struck by his heart and his passion for all things hospitality and also about how wise he is. You know, he's very open about the fact that he is young and really just starting off on his career. And he's already done so much and he has such a wonderful perspective. I'm just really so impressed by him. So Kyle, along with his partner, Greg Fergoso, have been working on Hospitality MD since I think it was 2018. You know, And while Kyle is the face, he's actually the one that's on the show interviewing Greg typically stays behind the scenes, but I'm really pleased today that they are both on the show with me, and Greg did a fantastic job. Both offer their own perspective about the industry and what they see as the case to its success, you know, which is essentially embodying the spirit of hospitality in every aspect of the job and even outside of your job, right? Even in just your regular life. And that is how they came up with the tagline, hospitality is everyone's business. I mean, how good is that, right? Really just so perfect. I truly believe that. And it's why I'm so excited to see how Hospitality MD has grown really just since I started learning about it last year. And there's so much more to come. I just know it. So sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with Kyle Allison and Greg Fergoso. Hello, everybody, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Room Block Podcast. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome two fellow hospitality podcasters, Kyle Allison and Greg Fergoso. Welcome to the show, Kyle and Greg. Thank you so much for having us. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Yes, but pleasure is all mine. You know, it's funny because being a hospitality podcaster, you kind of try to go in and figure out, you know, well, what other shows even exist? And I came across Hospitality MD, which we're going to hear all about, um, which Hospitality MD is is more than just a podcast. There's there's a great story here with these two, but I shall probably let them tell it. So why don't we start with you, Greg? Please tell us who are you and how did you get into the hospitality industry in the first place? I think like a lot of people, I kind of fell into it by accident. Um, I was working in movie theaters for a while, went up in management just for fun. It was, you know, post high school job um, where I met the mother of my son. (laughs) So, you know, she became pregnant. I'm like, okay, I can't survive on, you know, $10 an hour. So I needed to figure something out. So I started applying to different positions and, and different industries. And I applied to the Hilton O'Hare and they called me back and they liked me. So I went ahead and uh, started working there uh, in 2008 uh, as a front desk agent for four months. And they put me in overnight supervisor, MOT, just kept working my way up the ladder for a while. Uh, So I did that until about 2014. 
took a little break from hospitality. Um, Hilton O'Hare was a beast. So I decided. I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So getting yelled at every single night working 12, 14 hour shifts. Uh, <laughs> it took a toll on me. Uh, yes. So I wasn't sure if I really wanted to be in hospitality, honestly, back then. Um, and so I took a break. I, I did some other side work and I missed it. Um, so I applied and got a job as my first department head, front office manager at the Hilton, then Hilton Indian Lakes Resort. Now it's the infamous Indian Lakes Resort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and my first day is when I met Kyle as this young seven. 17 year old i believe yeah uh previous paper boy uh that was applying for his front desk uh, position and and hired him uh, we worked there together for a while and then i went down to the wit um, downtown chicago and i was there for the last four years until the recent layoffs uh this past summer oh wow okay so you were a hilton guy through and through through and through small stint at a crown plaza that I won't talk about. <laughs> that's, that's fine. We all we all have that one place. Where it's like, oh yeah, forget. Never mind that one. <laughs> yeah, they didn't count. <laughs> right, right. And then Kyle, you are also. I mean, listen. So you got your start at the Indian Lakes Hilton, right? And so then, and then you. Well, all right. You you tell, but I I believe you're also a Hilton guy through and through too. Yeah, I'm pretty um, pretty much Hilton ride or die. I'm not married to it. Like I'm open to whatever, but uh, Hilton has been. A great um, brand to be with and growing up my mom and dad were Hilton Honors members so I remember staying at Hilton so it kind of um, it made sense Um, but anyway so I met Greg my first day applying to Hilton Indian Lakes Resort which was right behind my house growing up like I literally was I stayed there when I was a kid when my hardwood floors were getting done at my parents house (laughs) And I knew of it, like I was fully aware of it. And I was happy to, you know, have went in. My first interview was not with Greg. It was actually before Greg even started. Um, And I was, you know, the guy I interviewed with was okay. But when I met Greg, I was like, okay, this this guy is is awesome. I feel like this is going to be good. And then I was so glad when he hired me. So I worked there probably after about, I don't know, seven or eight months or so greg promoted me to front desk supervisor um and that was after like the resort had started to maybe decline a little bit because when we first started there was like front office manager uh well there was like a director of ops front office manager assistant front office manager front desk manager supervisors like there was all this infrastructure and then all of a sudden it went from all that to front office manager and then two supervisors who were hourly and I was one of them, which sucks for Greg. But for me, it was good because I got to jump in to start kind of um, running shifts and uh, leading the department and collaborating with him and learning a lot. Um, So that was my first hotel experience was very much a sink or swim kind of environment. Um, And then man from there i went to college and that's where i i kind of left i went to university of iowa for like seven months um <laughs> and i worked at a um full service corporate managed marriott hotels and resorts um 286 rooms uh, which was probably like the market leader in that college town in the middle of iowa um you wouldn't really expect to see that kind of property out there surrounded by a bunch of super eights and la quintas in the middle of iowa but it was there um it was a fun place to work and i was basically just not going to class didn't care was just working and doing other stuff so 
when it was time to <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm coming back to Chicago, so I I took a job as a housekeeping supervisor at the Embassy Suites uh, downtown, um, which was like 368 rooms and. Now that I was back in Chicago and Greg was working at the Wit, which was just a few blocks away, like we were, you know, we meet up every now and again for lunch or just hang out or whatever. And, um, you know, Greg was like, I'm hiring for a front desk agent. So I took a step down kind of after being a supervisor at then three hotels. Right. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll go, I'll go back and work with Greg. I will, um, this is my first four diamond hotel. This is my first downtown front office position. So I said, okay, let me do this. And then, um, within like a month, two, three months, I was supervisor. And then I had like a health stint that put me out of work for like six months. And then I came back and, uh, after just a few more months, I was an assistant front office manager. Then I left and I went to the Drake hotel, um, where I was a front office manager. I went on a couple task forces at the uh, Hilton Oakland Airport and Hilton San Diego Bayfront. Then I went Ooh, to the. Uh, nice. <laughs> then I went to another hotel. Um, I went to the Hiltons at McCormick Place, 466 rooms, the first triple branded Hilton connected to the largest convention center in the Western Hemisphere. And then I came back to the Wit like a month before the pandemic when Greg got promoted to assistant director of rooms. I took his job as front office manager um, and then the pandemic hit. We kind of worked through the first uh, probably four, five months of the pandemic and then uh, the hotel closed and both of us lost our jobs. So now we're here. Yeah. Now you're here and you have a mission. Yes. Yes, we you guys do. have a serious mission. Well, first of all, let me just make some commentary. Like, I love that you... You admit, you know, you took you took a move from the embassy suites over to the wit, which you know you considered like let's just call it lateral, maybe. Like, you know, I guess you could call it a step down, but you know, lateral it was going to a a new like a four diamond. And you know, I was just talking with my husband last night about sometimes you know it's like you, those moves that you make that you're like it might feel lateral, but it's going to be the thing that's going to launch me eventually. Like you just kind of have a feeling about it. That's like when I went from like concierge and then I became an administrative assistant in the convention services department at the Palmer House Hilton. Yes, I'm also a Hilton person. Um, but it was like I wasn't going to make any more money. If anything, I might have been making less money at the time, but it just started an upward trajectory into management and so on. Yeah, I was making less money when I took that jump. It was a pay cut for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew like, cause there was a moment at the embassy suites that a guest had a housekeeping cleanliness issue. Like they had an issue with the cleanliness of their room. And I remember I went to talk to the guest and apologize for what happened and, and, and help them out. Um, because I was in housekeeping and I knew what was going on and I was able to, to speak knowledgeably about what had happened and, and, how you know we could help make it right and I spoke to them apologized on behalf of the housekeeping department and then introduced that person to the front office manager on duty um, and just kind of let them know what was going on and my director of housekeeping was just pissed she was like she's like you don't talk to guests like you're in the back of house basically and and after that I really had a sour taste in my mouth I really did so when I was like oh, I, want, I get to work with Greg again. Like we worked so well together and everything, even though I was getting a pay cut, I just knew that 
to have a leader that was going to be like, you know, in my corner would be better than having a director of housekeeping that says, don't talk to the guests. Like, it's not hospitality. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing about these jobs is, you you know, you really you get a feel for what hospitality really means. And I'm going to definitely let you guys talk about that because that that is your whole world, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> yes. Well, so Hospitality MD, please explain exactly what it is. It's more than just a podcast, right? Yeah. Greg, why don't you take that one? Yeah. Well, it started off as, as just a podcast. Um, I think Kyle was still a front desk agent, maybe a supervisor at the time. Um, I, I was listening to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk back, back in that time. And I had actually started a podcast with my son called Backpack News. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was basically we would read off some news articles kind of aimed towards kids to maybe get kids interested in listening to the news. Um, it became too much work because an eight-year-old doesn't really do a lot of work when it comes to create, preparing for a podcast. What? Yeah, yeah. I learned the hard way after maybe about five episodes. Uh, it just wasn't going to work out. But I thought about doing something that I'm passionate about. Um, I, I thought about Kyle because... He's so charismatic, and I always, you know, he's wise beyond his years. I hate telling him this to his face, um, but I he knew he'd be so. a, yeah. I just I knew he'd be a, a perfect uh, face for for what we want for what I wanted to do. So I brought it up to him, like, "Hey, Liz, you want to do a podcast about hospitality?" He said, "Yeah," without hesitating. <laughs> Absolutely, like jumped right into it. Um, and then not too long later, we had our first meeting. And I actually just posted a video recently. My son was there and decided to start recording our conversation. So without knowing it, he recorded the time where Kyle came up with our motto, our mantra. Uh, if you want to go ahead and say it, Kyle. Yeah, which now is the foundation of who we are, which is hospitality is everyone's business. And that was like our first meeting to discuss like just ideas. We hadn't released anything yet. We hadn't recorded anything. We were kind of just doing a brainstorming session. And I didn't know it at the time, but yeah, Greg's son, Nico, just like took out his phone and started recording like within like a few minutes before like the foundational principles of hospitality MD were established. I mean, it was like the constitutional convention or something like somebody brought out their phone. <laughs> that is so cool. What a cool thing to capture. Yeah. Yeah. We're lucky he had the intuition just to, to do it. I think he was trying to do it to be funny because he was, you know, young at the time. But I said, him send me the video afterwards, and I rewatched it the other day. I'm like, wow, we had the moment right here on camera. It was amazing. So explain the motto, hospitality is everyone's business, which I think is a fantastic motto, by the way. And, like, I know what it might mean to me, but what does it mean to you? Where did it come from? Yeah, so if there's one thing that – I am actually very proud of in about Hospitality MD. It's the name, the logo, and the mantra. Like I think all of it is killer. I know I'm biased, but I just really <laughs> that's the one thing I'm really, really, really proud of for sure. Um, so the name Hospitality MD, I don't know where it came from. I think it just was like at the time we were kind of like we, you know we need to fix hospitality. We're gonna prescribe solutions. Um, and diagnose what the problems are, uh, kind of yes. like how a doctor would. Um, and then our logo, like a pineapple with the medical 
I can't remember what the name of that thing is actually called, but you know, with the wings and the snake wrapping around it. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you combine those two worlds together. And then hospitality is everyone's business is kind of multi-pronged. So number one, it's kind of like how I think you would mostly, most people would probably view it on the surface level, which is like hospitality is everyone's business as in if you're a middle school librarian you're in the business of hospitality if you're a gas station clerk you're in the business of hospitality um, if you're a car salesman you're in the business of hospitality so on and so on and so on more so than just hotels uh, restaurants cvbs whatever um, so there's that there is also that um, within hospitality hospitality is everyone's business like not just the front desk agents but your C-suite executives ownership, like, because I think that's one of the biggest things that's missing is like you get to a certain level and you forget what it is you're doing and, and why it is that you're, you're participating or you just never knew to begin with because you just are a real estate investor who a hotel is like a very sexy asset versus a strip mall or a residential and you're in the business of real estate without really understanding the uh, sanctity of, of hotels. Um, so hospitality is everyone's business, including them. And then, uh, finally, you know, they say, mind your own business. Well, you should mind hospitality. It's your business. Be aware of it, embrace it. It's everywhere. So it's kind of all of those, uh, kind of principles, if you will. I think you should be proud of it. And it's all, it's, it's perfect. And I, I, I love the fact that you, believe the hospitality should be infused into everybody's jobs, everybody, what they're doing. Because I mean, really, in the end, you know, we're all dealing with people, right? And you know, hospitality, people say, Oh, if you're in hospitality, you need to be a people person. Well, like, yes, that's true. But I mean, what job do you not have to be <laughs> in a way, right? I mean, we're all people serving people in some capacity. So it's a cool way to think about it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I feel like people skills are just at the foundation of everything but it seems so rare nowadays right so um it definitely belongs to everybody we feel yes well so now greg you said that you kind of had the idea of the podcast and you approached kyle because he was you know he thought he could be the face so is that are you saying that you guys kind of divide up your roles within the company where where kyle's the one on camera more often and greg you're like behind the scenes Greg's got some really cool video editing skills <laughs> and that kind of thing. If you ever watch their live shows on LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah, that's kind of how we fell uh, into our roles. I, I, at the beginning, you know, Kyle really wanted to try to get us both on camera as much as possible. I just felt uh, the more I watched him do these interviews, the more I'm like, he just naturally can do it. He can hold this conversation, you know, way better than I ever could. Um, so I really invested in in the tech side of things and really figuring out how to streamline our process. Um, so while I'm on the live shows and um, I'm still behind the scenes on the re regular recorded podcasts, I'm really focusing on making it look as good as possible for the YouTube channel. Um so I'm kind of like the behind the scenes, big idea guy. He's the face um, that could talk to anybody for hours sometimes. Then <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm, we're, I think we're both comfortable in those roles. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's nice, especially if you're trying to grow a business to be able to divide up the roles in that way. You know, have someone do this part, someone do that part. So it's not just everything's all on one person. 
Yeah, and I think the best part about it is that like like I like Greg was saying at the at the beginning and even still now, like even now I always say, Greg, like, hey, you sure you don't want to get this one or like hey, like let's try and get you on this or or put you on camera here. When Greg and I talk behind the scenes, I'm like, his ideas are so good and I want others to hear them as well in a in a louder way than just me talking all the time. But I think to Greg's point as well, he just doesn't feel that he's as good or maybe he's really not as good as I am, like to be honest, but um, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have this value in doing it. But I think most importantly, he doesn't enjoy that part of it and I don't enjoy what he does. I really don't. So both of us have things that we do that we enjoy and the other person does the things that we don't enjoy. So I like to talk to people and the tech stuff stresses me out. Greg has like really been able to manage the tech very well um, and talking to people uh, who he's never met before probably stresses him out a little bit too. So it's kind of, I think we've, we've managed to make it pretty good. It's nothing better than having a, a curated live show go perfectly. With, <laughs> you know, videos and slides going by. It's just that I enjoy that. Yeah, That's what lights you up. Right. Right. Well, I think that's cool. You know, I mean, you have to do what you enjoy. Otherwise, it's not going to last. Well, yeah. And then the other part of it is that we both enjoy hospitality. So we each have our own separate things, but we're anchored under the mutual enjoyment and love for hospitality as well right right and that's what's going to propel you forward you know you have a mission so that's what that's what's important to keep something growing and on that upward movement um but so speaking of which all right so started as a podcast then we mentioned briefly that there's you guys there you're now doing lives um you know like linkedin live and facebook live and you've got a youtube channel i mean so you're like really evolving the brand into you know, getting yourselves more out there yeah yeah i would say so um well our our show actually started out as a youtube channel um and then we added the podcast on later truth be told like it kind of we i the idea was for a podcast at first it's then it just executed as a youtube channel for some reason i don't know why mm -hmm. and then we reverted back to to podcasts and now we're doing all of it now so we've gone through our phases but i think it's been one of the biggest blessings in disguise to have this time where we're not working at our hotel jobs because we've been able to i think grow the brand, um, which I, has been one of the most important things to us, is not just putting out a good interview, but making it that Hospitality MD becomes a, not a household name, but a hotel mm -hmm. name, you know, for the hotel industry. Speaking of that, you know, what, where do you see Hospitality MD going? Like, what do you have an ultimate goal? Like, in two years, three years, five years, you know, what are you hoping Hospitality MD is? I don't see uh, there being an ultimate goal because I feel like our mission will never really end, um, mm. unfortunately. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> well, most people good, won't, right in a way, yeah, <laughs> but most people won't take on the mantra of, you know, hospitality is their business. So I feel like we always have a, a place, uh, to keep spreading our message. Uh, but we, you know, a lot of what we're doing too, uh, we're not just a hospitality company, we're, we're a media company. So being able to just continue to, to spread people's stories and tell people's stories is uh, something that we're both passionate about. 
and we're going to continue to do it for as long as people will watch us. Yeah, definitely. And I think Greg is absolutely right. Like, there's no destination, if you will, because, and we, I think we learned this from uh, when we went and visited Craig Poole, which um, has been like one of our biggest mentors, but he was telling us that, and he runs, by the way, for people who don't know, he runs the number one Doubletree by Hilton Hotel. He's like a world-class hotelier. And he let us come to his hotel for free, film, learn, work, all that good stuff. And one thing that he said was like, yeah, people come and they study my hotel all the time. Different management companies, everybody, they come, they want to learn what he's doing. And then he's like, people always ask him, why do you give all this stuff away for free? And he's like, because I, aren't you worried that somebody's going to like disrupt your business as a result of it? And he's like, no, because I've told all this stuff for so many people and nobody ever actually applies it. They think it's really cool that I'm doing it, but they don't want to do it themselves because they're so stuck in that traditional way of doing things solely as a real estate investment. Um, so he's like, yeah, nobody, uh, he was like, the only thing I'd be afraid of is if you and Greg opened up a hotel across the street. He's like, then I'd, <laughs> then I'd be nervous. Um, but, but that's exactly to Greg's point is like, nobody, there is a truth that exists is that people will continue to be inhospitable and uh, people will continue to run their businesses for all the wrong reasons. Um, and that's kind of, you know, as long as that continues to happen, which it will forever and ever and ever, we'll have something to do and we'll have something to talk about. Um, you know, I think a goal that I, I would love to to accomplish would be having a hotel of our own that we can put all this into practice, all of our philosophies into practice without the burden of an owner or the burden of a management company or, or things of that nature. I think just a, a place that we can proof of concept essentially that's like this is the utopia that we've built surrounding our philosophies um not that that would be like the end of the road for us but i think that would be that's definitely a, a goal post that we're looking at well, that could be exciting i mean even if it weren't a a hotel i mean or it could be something on a much smaller scale in a way i mean you could have a hotel you could do this maybe from the standpoint of like even like a you know, Airbnb type situation. I mean, there's, there's other ways you can kind of integrate hospitality into, or, or you know, uh, yeah, it's hospitality into some kind of overnight experience or some kind of guest experience. Yeah, we even thought about a coffee shop and stuff like just could be anything really. Yeah, totally. Because hospitality is everyone's business. So there's no limitations. <laughs> no limitations. <laughs> well, and that's, that's a very cool way to think about it. Well, so for the listeners, tell us where where is Craig Poole's hotel? Where is that DoubleTree located? It is located in one of the poorest cities in the nation, Reading, Pennsylvania. In 2011, U.S. Census data actually declared it the poorest city in the nation. And then in 2013, it was the second poorest city in the nation. And it's just been kind of fluctuating in poverty for many decades now. Um, so within this poverty-stricken and crime-ridden community is a just 
beacon of hospitality, a $67 million, 209-room hotel, um, which was built literally on top of a, basically a, a dump, literally a dump, um, next to a railroad track in this, uh, what has basically been a forgotten community. And Craig and his team have managed to single-handedly use that hotel as a vehicle to revitalize the city, which they are certainly succeeding in doing. And by changing the lives of the people there. And, and I think that is, he's the only person that I know who's using their hotel for the purpose that it was intended to be used for. Um, and that's why it's so inspiring. Well, I was going to ask you who your biggest influence has been in this hospitality MD journey. And it sounds like Craig Poole might be the answer. <laughs> yeah, I, he's he's my answer. I don't know about you, Craig, or Greg, but he's my answer. Yeah, I'd say he's definitely developed into one of my answers. I mean, we got started because of Gary Vaynerchuk, but then we meet so many inspirational people along the way with great stories. Christine Trippi is another one that just really lit our fire. Charles Dozier, from he was with Hilton for a while. Great storyteller. Um, but Craig Poole has kind of been the, uh, the cherry on top for us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Each day we... Um amass more and more inspirations because of the people that we engage with and interact with and interview. Um, another recent person, Jeff Kulik, which is, he's the VP of, or area vice president, I think, and GM of the London West Hollywood. And he is, he's the closest person to Craig Poole that I've met since meeting Craig Poole. He's not all the way there yet because he doesn't He's not part owner in his hotel. At least I don't think he is like Craig is. Um, but he's pretty damn close. Um, so he's, and we just interviewed him last week, I think. So just another inspiration that keep building and building and building for each person that we interview and talk to. Well, I love that you said that your your guests continue to be your inspiration as well. Um, your guests on your podcast, I mean. Um, and I totally agree with that too. And it's just because... You're talking about these topics that are near and dear to our heart, and you know you hear the people who are putting these things into practice. And you know, I had a couple GMs on uh, my show a few weeks ago, and every time I listened to the episode, like through the editing process, I'm like, okay, I'm like getting teary eyed listening to them to how they talk about hospitality and how they talk about their mission and their purpose. And it's like it's very, it just is very inspiring. Yeah, because like it's, I feel like, and I don't know about you, Greg, but for me, I'm like, I have a few ideas that are like original to me, but everything else is just like an amalgamation of like different lessons that, and different like little nuggets of insight, knowledge, and sentiments that have been accumulated from different guests. Like, there's like a phrase that you're like, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. And that's kind of how I feel after doing this podcast is like, this is just the combined efforts of people who we've talked to and their mentors and the mentors before them. So it just, I'm like, I don't even have many original ideas of my own. I just synthesize them in a way that's unique to me from other people. Yeah, it's like we, we utilize that power of storytelling, right, that's been around for as long as mankind's been able to communicate. And we just learn from each other. And that's why we're going to have one of the greatest uh, hospitality companies ever been around. Yes, I love it. Well, and 
Kyle, before you got on earlier and Greg and I were chatting about some of your guests and why um, it's so cool. I mean, because you have guests from from every area of the hotel. I mean, it's not just a GM, right? I mean, you've you've got people from front office, you've got people from you know all sorts of areas, and everyone's got that story. So everyone has the power to be inspiring. And that is a, a crucial component uh, to it. Is that like the most the, where like what we want to know is where is the hospitality like concentrated and who's responsible for it so like and I, I i literally my heart is breaking because we when greg and i and uh, our friend chris we went to colorado and we just happened to walk into a bakery one day and um the young lady who was the she was like part owner of the um, bakery with her mom but she was working the counter and kind of doing just just about everything and it was one of the most genuine hospitality experiences I've ever had. And I think Greg would probably agree as would Chris as well. And, um, I like literally like ripped off a piece of paper from like a notepad and like wrote down my name and phone number and email and was like, I want you to be on hospitality MD. Like you're so powerful with what you're doing here. Here it is. And we've been in touch, but she never actually committed to doing the episode. Um, and I know it's mm. because she's probably, nervous or scared or or whatever but um i think i might reach back out to her again and just say that i'm still thinking about her and this is the second podcast that i've actually told her story on so even though she hasn't been on our show i still want her story to continue to be out there and she'll never know that somebody who's listening to your show is hearing about her but she's doing work every day in a place that just you know such a small little hole in the wall bakery in Colorado that nobody knows about her. She's a nobody, just like that front desk agent at, you know, a Hampton Inn in, you know, Toledo, Ohio, that nobody knows about is a nobody in terms of their visibility. But we want to give everyone a voice who's perpetuating hospitality, no matter how big or how small they are. And that's the thing. We've actually had less big wigs on our show than we have had just regular people. Yeah, but I bet it's the regular people episodes, <laughs> the episodes featuring regular people that resonate because most people out there aren't big wigs, right? I mean, we're just we're just people out there trying to do our thing and trying to serve whoever our people are the best that we possibly can. So when you when you realize that a regular person can cause such a chain reaction of positivity and hospitality, then, I mean, that is very inspiring to more people, I think, than just necessarily that GM who they, you kind of expect to be doing that. Yeah. It makes it more relatable, in my opinion, mm -hmm. um, because they, they have the same stories as you do. I mean, just take, for example, I think uh, Lindsay Murphy was a recent interview we did a few weeks ago, and she was talking about a tough subject of being burnt out from dealing with with covid and the type of guests coming in and the lack of support that she was receiving and you know this things that we don't talk about most people don't talk about you won't hear a gm talk about burnout or not supporting feeling supported from a team um, so I, I think a lot it's of people true. yeah i think a lot of people can relate to that uh, whether they wanted to talk about it or not so hearing those stories can definitely be inspiring um, because they are so relatable and in the words of craig Poole. And this is for the select service GMs out there. 
this is not directed toward you. This is directed toward the full service GMs. But in the words of Craig Poole, what does a GM do when they get burned out? They go home. They go home. What is the what is the um, you know assistant manager or supervisor do when they get burnt out? Keep working because somebody called off, and it's just, you got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep going. So, but yeah, and actually, Lindsay's episode, to be specific, has I, has actually been one of our uh, probably above average, if not one of the best performing podcasts that we've released, um, and not a single person knew like. She didn't promote it to like this huge network. She didn't, um, you know, it wasn't like, oh my God, everybody's waiting to tune in for this big name person. It was like, she showed it to a friend who was burnt out because, and she thought, hey, you might be able to hear this. And, and people were gravitated to that. And that's, you know, we get that a lot. Actually, Lindsay and there's many other of mid-level management and, and line-level staff um, reach out to me and they'll be like, Hey, I have, can you ask, I have some advice or can you give me some advice or whatever? And it's just, that's what we do it for. Well, right. I mean, you're the, you're the doctors. (laughs) Yeah. Got to prescribe some solutions. Prescribe some solutions. Perfect. Well, so what, I mean, would you say that this daily interaction or, or weekly, whatever interaction with, with people of all sorts, I mean, is that the most rewarding part of doing this, of, of this journey? Is it the regular, the people that you're talking to? Is it the opportunity to get a message out there? You know, what, what fuels you with this? What makes you feel rewarded? Yeah, tapping onto what Kyle said, just receiving messages and just knowing that people are, are listening and getting something out of what we're talking about or what our guests spoke about. Um, it's rewarding. I mean, it's it's just crazy to think that anybody's even listening to us to begin with. And then we <laughs> see these numbers and they just continue to grow. It's just, it's amazing it, it, that people are taking time out of their day to sit here and listen to something that we're putting so much love and hospitality into. Uh, so I, I think that's the most rewarding part for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's, it's that. Um, I love hearing from people. Um, I love no like it, it really is mind blowing. Like even even to get like one listen or one view, right? Like that that means that somebody in a hectic world took 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour of their time to consume something uh, that makes an impact on them. I know it sounds corny, but it's like if we can make one person happy and and take something away from it then we're doing our job but i think like that's that's really what it is because like we don't we don't we obviously we want to see our brand grow we want to impact as many people as possible but we're not like satisfied with like growth hacking and like all this other shit like we don't care about that we just care about making other people feel good and i think just being a resource and for people out there to know that because one of the things that the reason why I really like got heavy into it and that's why like I gravitate to Craig Poole and 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 all this stuff is because I've been seeing how when you work at a hotel and you see that your executive committee tells you that hospitality is wrong like it's impractical that you know it's good only if we get a good score out of it but us unless we're manipulating somebody then it's not worth it 
um, or if it's hospitality that, um, you know, is going to, you know, I guess be a detriment to any of our metrics for our ownership, who's also apathetic and out of touch as well, like that chain reaction of apathy and, and not being hospitable that exists in a, most hotels, talking to people about on the podcast was a way to like fight that and like stay motivated and like still have hope that like there's people out there who really care. Um, so that's been working for me. And this is like, and it's working because we do have people reaching out to us and, and, and asking for advice because it means that they're starting to question like, wait, like why can't we be hospitable or why, why don't my executive committee care about anything? Like, so that's kind of what it is. I think if we can start people's mindset and changing it to be more hospitable, uh, that's the most rewarding thing for me is, is influencing somebody, um, to think a way that they maybe hadn't thought about. Exactly. Well, and like you were saying, you know, you said I don't have a lot of original thoughts. I'm just kind of regurgitating the the knowledge that I've gained from everybody else. But I think everybody's like that, right? I mean, like there's how many original thoughts can be really left, but it's the way that you are telling the story or telling the information or able to touch somebody. I mean, we all know that there's plenty of motivational speakers or podcasts or whatever it may be out there, but you gravitate to the ones that mean something to you that resonate with you. So if the, whatever your message is can touch, you know, just that one person and then that touches somebody else and so on and so forth, you know, it's just a, I can see why that would be so rewarding and that would be what drives you. I'm happy to hear it's not just the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to get distracted by, by the numbers. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the numbers are nice. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's a, it's not our main driving. It's not our main driver for sure. I mean, we we like to see them grow because that means we're reaching more people, of course. Yes. Um, but it's not for us personally. It's not like we need to see these these numbers high. Um, we're just happy that people are are enjoying our content. All right. Well, so speaking of enjoying your content. Um, I just want you guys to talk a little bit to some of the recent. You know, now you're doing these these lives we've talked about. Um, and you know, it sounds to the listeners maybe that a lot of your content is you know very like feel good or very like you know con consultative, but you do some really fun stuff too. I mean, we we've dabbled in some uh, recent uh, videos where Kyle uh, watches a YouTube video for their first time with like top secrets that a hotel. Uh, doesn't want to tell you or, or some crazy stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and it's some ridiculous things on there. Uh, yeah, like these reaction videos. They're funny, right? I mean, <laughs> I like them. I like doing that stuff a lot. Um, and it's a good way to just kind of, you know, because we do a podcast every week and it's, you know, uh, we hear somebody's story and like, you know, we, we talk about hospitality and that's great. We love doing that. But then on like Friday, you know, you're ending the week and it's like, let's just laugh and like just connect as a community and, and just talk about stuff. And like, you know, but that's the thing. It's kind of just like whatever mood that we're in, we'll just kind of do something like or whatever is happening. Like we'll do a funny reaction video one week and then like the next week we'll do a special on a mass shooting that occurred at the first hotel that we worked at together, which we, we just did a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um which, by the way, tech on that was on point. I think when Greg was saying when everything gets orchestrated perfectly, <laughs> that may have been the one he was referring to, a couple of them. But um, 
But yeah, so that's kind of like whatever these live streams are about. Like, you know, by the time this is recorded, this will be old news. But this one that we're doing on Friday is going to be about what happened in Texas um, and how with the freezing and nobody without power and how the hotel industry responded in different hospitality stories that are out there as a result of it. So that's not funny, um, but I think it's valuable and informative. So it, and and I think what we've enjoyed is seeing that our audience is responding well to like, I think most of the stuff that we're doing. Um, I don't think we've really had any bad feedback about like, oh, you guys only do, you know, serious stuff. Now you're doing funny stuff. This isn't what I signed up for or, um, or, oh, we only want to hear funny stuff now. Like, I think <laughs> it's, I don't know. I feel like we, whatever we do, as long as we're authentic, I think people are going to enjoy it. At least, you know, most people and people that follow us. Oh, yeah. Well, you're building a community. You're building camaraderie within a community by doing these different kinds of shows, right? I mean, hospitality is not, I mean, yes, it's about the service aspect and, and what you're doing for the guests, but we we've all worked in hotels. And like the reason that we love it is also because you cannot match the camaraderie of working in a hotel. Would you agree? 100%. Cannot be matched. Maybe like Navy SEALs or Green Beret or something like that. Um, <laughs> right. It's basically like Navy SEALs and then like hotels. Like right. it's, it's seriously like every day you go into battle with your best friends and you just make it happen. Yeah, we have our own trenches that we go through. I mean, there's no greater bonding experience than, you know, me and a, another supervisor cleaning rooms for housekeeping while Kyle gets yelled at the front desk on New Year's Day because no rooms are ready at 3.30. You know, it's like it, it, that was a bonding experience that you can't get anywhere else. Totally. And like when you have the right mindset about it, it you don't – that doesn't destroy you. Like a day like that, for example, like where literally like Greg said, I mean – you have a line that's like going out the door, no rooms to check into, a holiday weekend, like all these promises made, none kept, um, and just constant beratement and just just nobody was able to do their job. Director of housekeeping was failing, if you know, even below failing, if that is even possible. And um, it was possible. But when you have them, <laughs> it was. He, he proved it that day. Um, but when you have that mindset, right, that won't destroy you. You can keep going. You can go back another day. And man, I wanted a day off after that, but I had to come back in the next day and keep going. Um, and I think I had like a dream or something that night that the phone was ringing and I like kept answering the phone and just... It's those days, you know, where it like literally gets in your head, but you keep going because it's just a part of the hotel experience. Um, and that's actually kind of what my mindset was during the pandemic, too. Like I was I had like this feeling that we were making history in the hotel industry, like seeing the occupancy go down to three percent and um, just the mass closures like again, like the Palmer House, right? Like the longest continuously operating hotel in the United States until COVID hit. Yeah. Um, and so, which actually just breaks my heart to be honest, but things like that, I was like, this is history in the making. So going to work and, and being a part of that for the time that I was, there was a, almost like a bigger mission behind it than just 
going into work on your skeleton crew in a pandemic and everything sucks. Yeah. Wow. Mindset is everything. And that really just describes it right there because the fact that you, we know how devastating it was to see the occupancy drop like that. I mean, I can imagine it's like you're, you could let yourself get demotivated continuously day in and day out, or you could have the mindset that you did and go, but I'm still here and I'm still going to be here and I'm serving a purpose, whatever that is at this time, you know, I'm here for a reason, right? That's what it was exactly. Um, you know, and just every day, like the just things I was like, this is just unprecedented. Like we're here making history. <laughs> so it was, it was good. And however, on that same token, like, I don't want to sound like detached from reality because there are people who are still in it who are just beaten to a pulp right now who are working in hotels and i every ounce of my empathy goes out to them right now yeah because it's really hard right well and that is why maybe the your show and everything about hospitality md is seeing such success right now because you are that outlet or that voice for the the broken and the sad and the the ones who are who still want to serve but are finding it difficult to do so yeah and i actually just got chills when you were saying that because it's it's really it's really sad to see that when somebody has that hospitality in them and like that that spirit to serve that heart for hospitality and as a result of ownership management lenders like it, i mean it's who do you point the finger at it's hard like i i, I don't want to you know say it's all one person's fault when it's when it's not you know it's 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 just what's going on right now but and even before the pandemic though too it's been happening to people who who's as a result of the system of hospitality and the establishment of hotels people's lights are being extinguished um it's horrible to witness but here we are and you know we i was just writing to somebody the other day you know 2021 is still gonna be a hard year right but i think we're seeing starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel and that's that's keeping me going yeah i'm hopeful for the end of end of the year and the third quarter beginning of fourth quarter is what they're saying so fingers crossed yes for sure well, so on that note, and we're kind of nearing the end of our time, being such fans of hospitality and and knowing that someday soon, hopefully, we'll be, we'll be able to get out there again and, and really travel and do the things that we really love to do and experience that hospitality that we love, what is your ideal scenario? What's your ideal vacation? Like, where do you want to go and be surrounded by the glow of the hospitality that you so enjoy? I want to get back to Los Angeles. I had a great vacation there a couple of years back and I was supposed to go this past um, April with the family and of course pandemic hit. So everything was canceled. So I've been dreaming of warm, sunny LA beaches and Ooh. delicious food. So <laughs> that's uh, probably one of the first places I love to go to. Okay. Good answer. I love it. How about you, Kyle? Yeah. I, I feel like at this point, like every, vacation that I take is basically like a science experiment about like the hotel that I'm staying. I've become like so analytical that I can't even just enjoy it anymore. Like I thoroughly enjoy it. It's seriously like one of the best experiences ever. 
Um, but it's it's literally like uh, I feel like I'm doing like a thesis on the hotel like every time I go in my mind. But with that being said, I want to I want to stay at a Forbes five star hotel. I don't think I ever have, and if I have, I was unable to remember it because um, I was so little. But I want to stay at a Forbes five star. I want to experience what that's like um, and be knowledgeable on it because as of now, I'm not. And I also want to do do a road trip and stay in some of these roadside uh, properties that I really haven't stayed in uh, much because my mom's a flight attendant. I've gotten free flights for my whole life, so I've never needed to like stop along my way as like a weary traveler and like stop into a roadside inn. So I wanna I wanna do something that involves those two things. Okay, those are two very different answers to go in. For the five star to the roadside in. I'm I'm imagining you taking this road trip with a stack of business cards and, and stopping in at these little roadside you know places it. and being like, "Call me, call me. I I can give you some help." I would totally do it too. Um, <laughs> but I I just I I really I I just want to check it out and see what I want to see what it's all about. Um, I want to see how they're doing right now. I want to see what, you know, the service is like. I also want to see if it's an owner operator situation too. Like we just interviewed um, Tejal Patel, who's uh, basically when she was brought home from the hospital, she was brought to a motel where her and her family were living and operating it. And I want to experience that from a guest perspective because she mentioned like when she was a toddler, like if a guest came to the front desk and said like, I need a toothbrush, she would like waddle and get the toothbrush and like bring it back to the guest. I want to check that stuff out for myself and see, you know, how the families are doing who are, who are the backbone of the industry, not these big real estate investment trusts who have these huge assets. It's these families who are putting everything on the line to provide refuge for somebody. So... I think you can see the huge age difference between Kyle and I. He wants to go on vacation and continue to work. I want to go on vacation and relax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I once I experience these types of hotels, right, I just want to have experience it. But don't get me wrong. I go to the five-star hotel. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be enjoying the facilities, enjoying the amenities. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, that part of my mind, I, can't, I won't be able to turn my, my, my brain off when it comes to that sort of stuff. And I don't know, like, can you honestly say that you wouldn't be thinking like, oh, that's cool. Like, oh, this this in-room dining operation is pretty cool. Like, no way you wouldn't be thinking that. Yeah, it's always in the back of our mind. The, look at the Colorado road trip. We were analyzing every hotel we were in, <laughs> you know, yeah. on the cleanliness and service. But uh, I won't purposely go out there to analyze it. I, I want to <laughs> relax. Yeah. Yeah, I, I but I would spend the extra money to stay at a five star hotel just to know what it's like, really, just to know what it's like. Oh yeah, well, and you know, at some point in your life, it's like you know you deserve that that <laughs> treat, right? I mean, it's been years since I've worked on property, so I'm a little far removed, and I can I can stay at a hotel now and. And enjoy it and not look at it from a total totally analytical standpoint however when something that i feel like is incorrect happens then i do go right back into that mindset of being a hotelier and being like whoa wait a minute like if you see like 
paper in the hallway or, or the room service tray is just like littering a hallway. It's like, come on, like someone pick that up. It's still there. Right, like, it's been one, there for 12 hours now. Like when, in, in Nashville, I got checked into a room with a leaky ceiling in the bathroom. It was black water coming from the ceiling. Oh, lordy. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, and then you talk to the GM and it's just not a fact like he got oh, a room the, move but right i called well i called and asked for the room move and when i came back to the front desk the gm that checked me in like ran to the back office like <laughs> it seemed like to avoid the confrontation yeah. like i wasn't gonna be confrontational i was just happy to change rooms but i mean why are you running away for why did it apologize to me and show a little hospitality the trauma man the trauma that people are going through right now i think it's either that I want to say it's just she's battered and beaten and and she's so traumatized that like any confrontation it would just be too much right now. But then I'm also like you know maybe she just doesn't have it in her. Kyle, you're so empathetic. I mean, I love the fact <laughs> like, my mind would go to like oh they're just scared and you're like but they're traumatized. <laughs> that's good though. That's why that's why you're good at what you do, right? Because you have that ability to to put yourself in their shoes and say. You know what? They're they're just beaten down right now, and maybe they just can't handle having another confrontation. Even though Greg, you were not you were not going to walk in and start yelling. I'm sure. Absolutely not. Because we know how to be good guests too. Exactly. Right. <laughs> not yeah. just good workers. Well, guys, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm a listener of yours, so it's it's an honor for me to have you both here. Very exciting. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having us. It's uh. It's different for me to be on the other side of this, so it was a great experience. I was just going to say, I'm like, I feel like this is proof that Greg needs to get on camera and, and, <laughs> and audio more and start engaging with the uh, the hosting side of it more, but we'll let your audience decide on that one. Well, and see. well I'll do that if you start taking over some tech. Forget everything <laughs> I just said. A little experiment of getting out of your each other's comfort zones. I think that's a good idea. All right, great guys. Well, thank you again, and I'll see you on the airwaves. See you on the airwaves. Thanks again to Kyle and Greg for all that you are doing to take care of and serve the hospitality industry, from the hotel employees to the guests. Your storytelling and community building truly does have the power to heal. And by making hospitality everyone's business, I see a more hospitable future for us all. Well, that is a wrap on this week's episode, and I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for joining me today, and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation. <laughs>